Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. Good morning, good night, wherever you all are. This is Cleone Crawford from Resilient Minds 365. Today I have a special guest with us. Today we have Max Lieberman on the show with us. And I'm looking forward to introducing you to introducing you to him. Max Lieberman is the founder of Leaves and Co. What they do is they help people with disabilities in the workplace by educating the employer through online educational programs so that they can create more inclusive and empathetic workplaces for all people. He's, has, he's graduated with a Bachelor of Honors in Sports Management in 2018, 2016 from Brock University. He lives with a learning disability and depression which was the learning disability was diagnosed in 2009 and 2013 with depression. He also used to be a train, he used to train to be a pro wrestler, which is really, really cool. And finally, he lived in Glasgow and Paris. With that said, I'd like to introduce you to Max Lieberman. Max, how are you today? I'm good, Cloney. How are you today? It's you know what? a great weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I had a wonderful weekend. I can't complain. It was just, uh, we had a, my church had a special um, conference all weekend. So I had just been going from service to service to back to back from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And now I'm here excited to do this podcast with you to learn more about your mental health challenges and how you were able to be resilient. So yeah, so it was a good weekend, but I'm feeling pretty good. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. You know, always doing the best to help out the community is 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 like a great, always a great initiative. And giving back make doesn't only make you feel good, but it's just embedded in our DNA. Giving back to people and helping out is is part of us, and it's something that we naturally have. We're naturally equipped to do. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I gotta say that that's awesome. And I'm sure everyone is very appreciative. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So with that said, we're going to get into the interview. So I'd like to know, um, so we understand what your profession is. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do um, with um, Leeds & Co? I I understand that you you educate, but maybe you can just um, expound a little bit more. How you started, why you started. um, So I, yeah, so why I started was because my experiences uh, in the workplace, I was never really accommodated properly. And I remember asking for accommodations. Employers would say, um, uh, this, we can't give you this accommodation just because um, I, they give a pen and paper and you can do that. And I'm like, well, no, you're not understanding my accommodation. Like I'm asking you to, you know, uh, make it broken down to two less for me. And that was my, that's what I required. And one of them says to me, well, I, you can write, can't you? I'm like, yes, well, then you can do it yourself. And I looked over, I'm like, you're not understanding. 
my accommodation request. My request is for you to make that uh, to-do list and that checklist for me because I can't keep up with the information that's being processed sometimes. And you're going to, and you might even notice with me when I communicate through this interview that I go back or I or vice versa because I'm trying to sort my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the pro- some pro- the problem when I'm hearing people communicate with me in person is because I'm trying to sort it and process it. So when I put it to paper, it takes a little bit longer. And then you ask me to write it out. I can't read my handwriting sometimes. And this part of the scrappy, and that's what I have. So not being understood by my employer when I ask for accommodations mm-hmm. was one of the things. And another thing is someone just to, you know, Sally, it's uh, people with disabilities is viewed as um, burden sometimes. And I felt like it was a burden sometimes. So I remember I would not disclose. And when I did disclose, I have gotten, you know, some great support and some terrible support. And one of the terrible supports that I got was that I didn't disclose during an interview because I recently wasn't getting hired for disclosing during interviews. And I explained why, uh, what accommodations I needed. But um, again, they went. They said they went with a better, better candidate, which I understandably, there's always other candidates that they feel more your vibe with. But part of the reason sometimes I feel that I wasn't is because I disclosed. And other people told me you should disclose, disclose only afterwards so they have no choice. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I decided to go that route and not only go that route because someone told me about it, I just felt my gut. It was just like, okay, maybe I won't mention it and see what happens. And I got hired. And then two weeks in to this job in 2019, I was brought into my employer's office. And he said, listen, you're asking a lot of questions. You're annoying. Uh, a lot of the people are, are annoyed with you and I'm thinking about firing you. And I said to him, well, I have a learned disability. And he, that's why I've asked all these questions. And it's only been two weeks in, so you have to think, not training, it's still a training period, so all this stuff. And he's like, oh, why didn't you tell me during the the interview? I'm like, because you probably wouldn't have hired me, but I disclosed to you there. And he's like, well, it's 2019, everyone has a learned disability. Hmm. Kind of kind of, you know, blanketing the fact that everyone has a learn, someone learns differently or people who have disabilities are, you know, um, that the, the disability is not valid and you're just trying to blanket it. Um, not everyone's disability is the same. That's where it kind of hit me. I'm like, wow, not only do I not w- want to be part of this work for this person, but I also feel like he, no, the lack of understanding is not there. Yeah. So I was thinking in my head when he said that, um, I have to get out of here and I can't be involved. And then he asked me if I had a plan. This is something you just don't ask someone who has a learned disability or a disability in general, if you have a plan, because most of us understand how to interact with our environment and understand what works for us. And when you ask us this question, it's like kind of diminishing the fact that we don't know our own experiences and what we need. We are experts at what we need. And when we say we need this help, you shouldn't uh, just, uh, you shouldn't just brush it off and say you could do it this way yourself or this way. Can we improve our plan? Yes, but listen to what we're saying. Truly listen and understand why we ask for these accommodations. Don't assume that we're lazy. Don't assume that you know we don't work as hard. This is just areas we need, we struggle with, and sometimes we need help with. And and especially for me with a learning disability, that's an area I struggle with. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you were able to start this um, organization to hopefully educate other people because um, unfortunately, I'm sorry that you had to go through that experience because that does sound like um, that he was a bit ignorant and, um, and that, you know, it could have been a good working environment if he was, you know, more willing to understand um, where you're coming from. But, you know, sometimes that's how life is, you know. Exactly. I can't, I can't be the one who, I can't, I can't be living in the past and be like, okay, this, he, he did something. And he actually, I gotta say, gave me a motivation to do this because I realized if I'm not the only one uh, going through this because I guarantee there's other people who experience just the same thing that I've experienced because of this, um, because of these views that people have. So I completely, I completely am grateful for him for actually doing that because it pushed me towards doing this. Okay, that's awesome, awesome. Okay, well, with that said, we will go right into the interview and we will discuss your mental health story of resilience. Tell us more about, um, um, you know, your, how you suffered with, um, not really suffered, how you lived with um, depression and um, your learning and disabilities and how you were able to be resilient despite all of that that you'd gone through. So I'd love to hear your story. Um, so growing up, I'm, I'm an only child and Okay. I remember from the youngest age, my parents, around the time I hit six, were not in a good place with each other. Constant fighting, uh, yelling, screaming, and my dad also drank a lot. Uh, not 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 saying like it, it's excuse, but he drank, and um, they just always constantly fight. And I remember sitting there at six, being like, "Okay, this is not healthy," and um you know one time like my, my dad had a, like my dad got the cops came to take my dad out of the house and um it got to the point where like it got physical sometimes like I saw him one time throw a cup of co hot cup of coffee at my mom in her face oh, no. and I had known to talk to her about this and I was just you know a six-year-old kid and I was struggling at home and that's when you, you know you're supposed to be safe because you know you're at school you have your own school problems like you're like whatever may be and in your home problems so I have my home problems with that but I'll go to school and I'll be struggling with my learning disability in school because I couldn't keep up and I was always concerned about what's going on at home how my parents what my mom how my mom was doing and vice versa so I just was really like torn as a kid and I remember saying to myself when I was a kid feeling down on myself won't help anything I couldn't feel down and I just said, you know, I put a smile on my face, even though I'm in pain constantly that I'll just smile and it made everyone come towards me. But really I was hiding the fact that I was in pain and I wasn't smiling because I was happy about everything that's going on. I knew I couldn't control what my parents were doing, but it helped, it helped me get through it a little bit at the time. And um, I, I knew then, like I knew at that point, looking back now, like I, I was going through a depressive period and I didn't know if how bad it was going to get. Um, but obviously my parents ended up staying together and, um, because me being a six-year-old at the time didn't understand the full concept of how people, you know, go apart and, and, uh, knowing grow apart, but also have conflict one another. I, I just, you know, your family's together. 
mm-hmm. and convince my parents to get back together. And um, it just it was a constant from six six years old until 18, 19 when I left for university. It was on and off fighting every day and just, you know, there's one, there's a small sliver line. My dad had a, like a year and a half of non-drinking and it was really good. It wasn't as that bad, but um, you know, there was still, there's just a lot of, there was just constant yelling and fighting. I, I, I don't remember one night where just one week without, without fighting, uh, if, it, if it was um, during that time period. Wow, wow. So when did you discover that you were actually going through, cause I understand, so when you were younger, um, you had, I guess, bouts of depression, excuse me, bouts of depression, well, depressive episodes. Um, when did you discover that you were living with depression? You said that 2013, I believe. I was diagnosed, but I also, like, like I got, I went on medication in 2013. I, Brock University doctor, um, I went to him and, you know, they gave me medication and I had, like, throughout my medical history from 2013, uh, 15 and 18, I've been on on and off medication. And um, I noticed in high school, I believe it, and even in grade school, there's some points where I was really depressed at school. Uh, mm-hmm. This wasn't happy with everything. I, I didn't feel cool or I didn't feel popular. And I just remember like, I didn't feel like a lot, I fit in. So I, I remember like grade eight, like the end of grade eight, I hated, I hated school. I hated a lot of things uh, about school. And then um, even, even in the summer, like even like, in grade 11, I know during some seasons, I'll get seasonal depressed or whatever, maybe, but I wouldn't show it as much. It wasn't like as bad as I thought it would be. Um, I thought it was just a, a seasonal thing, but it really took off once my parents started getting divorced. And it was just a con, it wasn't just a seasonal, just in general, but everything from 2013 to about 2019. Wow. Wow. And that must have been challenging for you. Um... So what did you have to do to, um, so you've been on, so from what I understand, you've been on and off of medication? Yeah, so I forget the name of the drug. I have, I actually should have got the, before we started, I had, I still have the the pill case if you want to go get it. I can tell you the medication I was on, the, the most recent one. Oh, no, that's not necessary. Um but I was on and off the medication because like I, 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 some of the meds I didn't enjoy, you know, being on, like some of them made me feel like a fake happy that I wanted to like allow me to, you know, drink a little, have a little bit of alcohol, but also, you know, just enjoy. And the other one was just like pure, like the strongest med I've ever been on for a med- for, for, um, Depre- for depression and I was just like oh it made me like it made me feel fine but like for the first like three days like I I got dizzy I had to sleep my hands were like shaped like this mm-hmm. and that was the side effects once it got into the rhythm it was like okay I took that pill and excuse me and the legitimately made me feel fine but again it was a kind of like a I didn't feel it didn't feel natural if that makes sense Mm -hmm. 
Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So tell us, what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your low points? Um, please list all resources that were applicable. Ah, there's a lot. Like, okay. I, I started meditating when I came back from France in 20, 2019. That helped a lot. Um, that was really good because it gave me more self-awareness and put me in an area where I wanted to be. I got a dog when I came back from France in 2019. They kept, okay. they kept me positive in, in the moment. Not only in the moment, but my dog, Churchill, who's walking around right now and constantly trying to get my attention uh, at the moment. He uh, he just keeps me present and it gives me that, that unconditional love that I wasn't feeling for the longest time. I wasn't feeling loved from like for a long time. I didn't, and I didn't even feel like I deserved love since I was since I was a kid. So it's like he's given me something that I had. Um, I had uh, this unconditional love just for me being me, and he gives me every night like you know if it's cuddling, kisses, whatever it may be. It's, it's the best thing I get. The, he even walks. I start my day with a walk and I go for an hour and a bit and I get to see the sunlight, I get to see all that jazz. So it's really, um, it's, it's really been helpful. Uh, moving on from people who not are negative, but like I really have outgrown in the sense of where I want to be in my life, even though like mm -hmm. I appreciate everything they've done for me and everything that uh, all the memories we have together. I just realized sometimes it's time for me to move on to a new chapter and, and grow as a person. Mm -hmm. So I had to do that too. I had to get really think about like, do I see myself being in this situ being with this group of people for the rest of my life and, um, or some communication. So I really asked how to ask these myself, these questions. And also went to, when I even went to France, like I went to France because I felt really part of a community and I felt part of a friend group, even though I didn't speak the language well. So it was a bunch of small things that I started really taking to myself where I knew I would feel fine and feel good and do what I want to do, what helps make you feel better about yourself. So I started doing those small things and also I cut out drinking. I haven't, I haven't had a sip of alcohol since October of 2020. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see the guy, will I have a drink again? I don't want to, I don't feel the need to, but you know, if it's a ceremony where they say, oh, you know, like, you know, when you go to, when you go to like a, a wedding or, uh, or a, like Easter or Passover or whatever it may be, I want to use it as a drink. I may, but again, I, I'm not going out of my way to get it. I, I really am not. Okay. Okay. So we hear a little, a few different themes. We have meditation, we have pet therapy. Um, uh, I guess your travels um, was helpful. And um, what was the last one? I think that was all I can remember. When I remember for the three. Um, so those are some really good ones. Um, what are three things that you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point? Uh, I think someone to talk to. Generally, like, I know I had, like I went to some camp, like I had a IEP caseworker at Brock and they helped me. But again, I just, I just wasn't ready. I had to be ready for it. And I wish that I was ready at the time, but I didn't want to talk about it because, you know, the, the viewpoint of a man is to, you know, you have problems, deal with it, suck it up and just keep going. You're, you're supposed to, you're supposed to, you know, ignore what problems you have and just mm -hmm. keep going in. And that's, 
what was like stuck with me and it shouldn't have been stuck with me. Um, another thing I wish I had was just the awareness to go for help and not sit around and, and think like, for example, turning to alcohol or drug abuse or whatever may be it, like when you're in university, when you're partying to go to, um, to, you know, actually figure out my problems instead of going with going with what the is expected to go party and do things mm-hmm. and that's something that I should have dealt with better um and honestly finally I really should have just uh took time to think to myself really took took the time to think about what I really wanted instead of instead of following a cl- the, cl- the crowd because I would I, when you follow the crowd and you don't feel happy, it's a sign that more bad things would come. Cause I just felt like it was a dark cloud following me for the longest time. Mm-hmm. When I, was, when I was, wasn't doing what, what felt right to, for me. And when you have that dark cloud, you make a lot of bad decisions that you, you, you will definitely regret later. Okay. Yeah. It's very important. It's very important to be true to yourself, you know, so that, you know, so that you can actually, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yeah, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. So my next question is, what words of hope can you give to our listeners in regards to being resilient and bouncing forward and so forth? Just um, listen to your listen to your body, listen to your mind. Don't like, I know people say like, oh, if you don't listen to your mind when it's saying like, you're better off dead. You're not like, there's people who care about you. I had a moment where I wanted to commit suicide and it was more than once. I, I you know, I was driving down on Bathurst and Wilson and it, I was about to drive on to uncoupling traffic and I, sh- and because I hated myself so much. And wow. this was in 2018 in September. And I obviously don't listen to those voices. You have a lot to live for, you have a lot to give but take a back step back in the moment where the situation where you're not feeling good about yourself and truly think about what is best for you, not what is expected of you, what's best for you. And just think like, am I happy with what I'm doing? Is it fitting who I am? And just start asking yourself these questions. Don't, don't, it doesn't have to be for, someone else to make them feel happy or proud right ultimately it's your life and people want you around because they love you who you are and that's the truth it's just it seems like because everyone else is doing well or whatever maybe where they're happy with you you feel like your world's collapsing sometimes so i feel that you have to figure out you first before you can before um before making any judgments there because yeah some people might not be listening but there's o- there's always another crowd. There's always another option. There's always other people who be who will be there for you, and you'll you'll you just have to real realize that that you know you might be in a bad situation right now with a current group or whatever it may be. But there's a, always something else. There's a there's another door that can take you to a path where you, where you where you discover more about yourself and discover. Um, pathways that will help make you feel better about yourself and 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 manage the the symptoms that you have 
Okay. So be true to yourself. Um, listen to yourself. Um, I guess listen to the positive parts of yourself is probably what we could um, can take from there. Um, so with that said, we are now going to switch a little bit um, in this interview. Um, as you can see behind me, there is a book and the book is called The Music of My Life. Yeah. And basically it's about my journey with mental health with, um, but I also talk about music therapy. So my question to you is what type of music do you like? Oof, that's a good question. I listen, to a I listen to a lot of music actually. Plenty, I listen to my favorite Jimi Hendrix and Bob Marley. Ooh. Uh, I, I like them. I, I listen to them a lot. I also, you know, I know I mentioned in the questionnaire i love also imagine dragons that song believe yeah. always pumps me up i i really do i, I really like them but mm -hmm. if i if i'm just gonna listen to some classics it'll be listen to anything to be honest with jimmy hendrick or bob marley just stuff like that eminem's there too obviously um and i do enjoy my techno when i'm going out with friends mm -hmm. friends but uh in europe but in, ge in general, it's like I'm I'm more of like a laid back person. I haven't even listened to music in a while. I, in a long in a while, I'm being honest with you. I haven't probably put on music in, in my house in I think six months or so. Oh wow, that's a very long time to be without yeah. music. Yeah, and uh, it's definitely a, a weird time because I, I focus better when I'm when I'm and quiet but when I listen to music it's usually if I'm cooking or if I'm doing something different excuse me or I normally listen to it when I'm going to work on the bus because I like listening to music on the bus right but um I have been doing that I've been working from home and I'm enjoying that so it's been kind of less and unfortunately okay okay I understand um so you mentioned um the song believer by imagine dragons would you say that that would be a song that describes your journey and um if so why um yeah why um i believe it would because everyone has the moments when you're up and downs and sometimes your downs are very very low um and my downs were very very low from from 2012 end of 2012 well end of first year 2012 to beginning of 2019 mid 2019 like I was I was in a bad spot I, I, I tell you there's moments where there's moments where I, I was getting too frustrated I was doing stuff that I didn't enjoy particularly sometimes I was doing things that you know just for the sake of doing things to be part of a group be part of a group mm -hmm. or whatever maybe it, it, it didn't feel right and I and I always look myself. I had to get better. There's a way to get better. I always look for something to make myself feel better, and not even make myself feel better, but make myself feel like I knew, like I know where I'm going. And I had to go for my own journey to figure out where I am now. Mm -hmm. And that's what Believer really says, because to me, at least, because you know, it's difficult to move forward if you don't believe in yourself and believe that you can do it right and right. that's and that's what the the song really says to me is if you can believe in yourself and you can move forward you can do anything yeah definitely that's a very good message it's a very good message so max 
How can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles? So for my business, it's Leibs and Co. At Leibs and Co. And um, you can also, as on Instagram, that's at uh, Facebook, that's on LinkedIn. If you're looking for business to discuss business, if you want to message me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at Max Leibs. I believe it's Max Leibs09. Um, or Max Leaves Nine, I can't remember. It's I can check to make sure. Give me one second, just because I don't want to give any wrong information. Right, right, right. Which do you prefer? Uh, do you prefer the Leaves and Co? I prefer uh, Leaves and Co for professional, and it's Max. It's Max Leaves Nine. On, yes, I see it here. Yeah, Max Leaves Nine on Instagram. I prefer that. Um, that if, it, if it's personal, but if you want to connect with me for business, it's at Leibs and Co. Cool, cool. All right. So with that said, I would like to thank you, Max, for being a guest on our show. And with that said, to all you resilient minds out there, until next time, please subscribe to us on all your, our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also, join the community of resilient minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at www.cleonicrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life and 30 Plus One Resilient Stories on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. If you can think of one person that can receive value from today's show or connect with Max's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at only Cleone or Resilient Minds 365 and today's guest at Leaves and Co. Um, Leaves and Co. or Max Leaves 09. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford and I'm signing off. <laughs>